Discarded, deformed, babies of the chemical age. Mutated, some unborn, dying in their fetal cage. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else. Welcome to another very exciting, thrashy episode of Thunderdome Metal Reviews. As you may have guessed, if you listened really closely to the lyrics, we are about to review Exodus's new album, Persona Non Grata. Uh, with me, as always, are the other three parts of the engine that make Thunderdome run. We got Ben, Gabriel, and Tracy with us. How are you, gentlemen? Well, I don't know about you guys, but I think the beatings will continue until morale improves here. I love that. I have that sign that says that in my office, which maybe says something about me, but yes, I'm, I'm ready for the beatings to continue. How are you, Benjamin? You know, I am, uh, the semester is coming to a close. Amen. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm surviving, as we all are at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. very glad to, to be here talking about metal with you guys and also talking about this classic thrash band that I will admit I was not overly familiar with. Same. No, we should be. It's, you know, we talk about people that weren't in the big four. Um, yeah. That's when I saw it. I was like, ah, we got to do this because they've been at this a long while. Well, dude, and I love Gary Holt. And he's yeah, me too. Taurus, so... And he's uh, been in this band since what eighty one, I think. He's, I think he's, he's one of the last uh, remaining members in there. Yeah. Yeah. He he joined in eighty one. I think he left for a little while. That's, uh, 40, I mean, <laughs> that's forty years ago. That is older than most, like he, half the people on this call. Yeah, it's older okay. than half the people. <laughs> well, I was going to say everybody left the band twice at some point. I think the drummer only left it once. No, what I'm saying is the band broke up twice. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Well, it's a band now. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sorry to step away. I was throwing up one of my e juice tanks and the bottle lid on stuff just fell out and spilled over my hand. So, and then you lit it on fire. Uh, it's not quite flammable, but you know, high concentration of nicotine not good for your skin. I just want to make you say. Yep, but we are Exodus. Yep. It was released this year in November 19th. It is their 11th studio album as well. It is on Nuclear Blast. And this is definitely a uh, pandemic album because it was recorded in Tob Hunting's home studios. He's got three of them in his house. And it was studios. produced by Exodus. And it's got a runtime of 60 minutes and 18 seconds. you got Steve Zetrozuza as lead vocals. Gary Holt as guitars and backing vocals, Lee Atlas as guitars, Jack Gibson as bass, and Tom Hunting on drums and backing vocals. Now, I do want to say Tom Hunting's a badass because apparently he had his entire stomach removed and still performed live afterwards. Wait, how does he eat food? I don't know. I think it's just to attach directly to his small intestines. Like it's called a gastrocnomy, and that was enough information that I saw it was total that I didn't need to know anymore. Jesus. <laughs> oh. He had bad Good stomach Lord. cancer. And he did that um aftershock, after live, Rockville, something like that. One of those concerts that were going on this year, like he played that live after having the surgery done. Okay then. That's crazy. So Tom Hunting is officially a badass. I wonder which backing vocals are him and which ones are Gary Holt. Anyway. So, uh, had any of you listened to Exodus? Nope. 
No. Okay. None of us have. Well, I mean, I've heard an album way back in the day, but I didn't really remember it. I've heard like Bonded by the Light a couple times. And those are, that's a pretty, that's their like no most well-known one. I think I have it. I've heard it and I think I liked it enough to put it in the big playlist. I don't know. I've heard Bonded by the Light before, but this was the band that Kirk Hammond was in before he joined Metallica. Indeed. Yeah, no, they're OGs. No, they are. Yeah, and uh, as Tracy said, Tom Hunting is a badass. It is, his esophagus has basically been attached directly to his small intestine, so he can only... Did you look that up and find out? I did. Oh, man. So what does he have, just like a liquid diet that's just pure vitamins? No, he can eat stuff. He just can't eat a whole lot at one time, so he is basically like a has to eat all the time now. Eight meals, a couple granola bars, a meal, uh, probably no 16-ounce steaks in his future. Uh, Probably not on one sitting, anyway. Yeah. So I I really don't know a lot about this band, but one of the things that I heard was that they're kind of middle of the pack, like OG thrash, like not Mm -hmm. the best, not the worst, just kind of of your standard. Um, I found... uh, a good bit of this album uh, easy to listen to and uh, quite fun. Where I had concerns, I would say, is like some of the writing, the songwriting, I found a little bit repetitive. Um, and then I also, when I listened to some of the lyrics more closely, I also found those problematic, like a little bit pro- politically regressive and maybe their targets, uh, the targets of some of their ire uh, are misplaced. Um, you're sort of angry at someone, but kind of angry at the wrong people. Um, for one, journalists. Uh, I don't think that journalists are responsible for fake news, necessarily. I think that um, there are other people other than journalists who are creating that. So um, I don't know if that means a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. But for this record, um, they seem to be getting into some political commentary. And I would just say they should probably stick to something else. Um, I feel like they're getting to a lot of the commentary in this album. A lot. They're not, yeah. Not what I'm a personal fan of. What, political commentary or their political commentary? Their political commentary. Yeah, that's fair. But, uh, sorry, you go ahead. I, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, these guys are often chunked as like, you know, as we said, thrash, not the like the next big four who would be part of the, like the tier below them. And these guys are up on there. And even then, I think you have a couple bands that get named above them, such as like uh, Testament and Creator. That's probably the two major examples mm-hmm. who are even still like a tier above them between the big four. And so and I think that might be due to also their personal history history of having a, a few five, six hour lapses in their, their band as a as a whole. And I think part of it is also their vocalist sucks. <laughs> I mean, that's he's not great. He's a he. Ben said it the other day. He's like he's a muppet. I'm like, ah, that's what I'd be thinking of, man. No, he is, and not even like Cookie Monster. He's more like I don't know Elmo or Telly. Yeah. He, like a, he he honestly reminds me of the vocalist for Overkill. 
which I don't know if you guys have listened to that any. Oh, I have. I've listened to Overkill a lot more than Exodus. And, and I liked Overkill okay, but it has that same issue. It's a narrow, it's a fine line between being Dave Mustaine and being like Telly the Muppet. And this, <laughs> oh, yeah. this, this guy crosses it. Yeah. Well, um, so I do agree that uh, the politics of this band are slightly regressive, but I think the politics of all the thrash bands in the 80s have probably reached that point at this juncture in time. Um, um, I think that I appreciate their anger. I uh, agree that it is somewhat misdirected. Um, thrash is generally a political genre. So uh, I wasn't upset that it was political, although I didn't necessarily agree with their politics either, but it, it didn't really hinder my, it didn't have rampant calls for genocide or homophobia. So. Yeah, you know I can, I can. That's a win, that. right? Yeah, that's 2021. That's a huge win. So um, <laughs> low standard, I mean, low bar. And the politicalness and thrash also, I think, harkens back to the the punk, their their background in the punk. That's the, yeah, it comes out of that. Um, and, and this was a very weird album because. In that, I thought the playing was fantastic. I agree with Gabe that it was very easy to listen to. Um, Gary Holt is a phenomenal guitarist. Uh, you don't, you are not asked to join Slayer to replace Jeff Hanneman if you are not. Um, I thought that I agree that the songwriting was limited a little bit by the genre in ways that other bands that we've listened to this year doing thrash were not. Um, but man, just, I know he's like the only guy who's, who's ever recorded vocals with him, but fuck, man, he makes it hard to listen to for me. I mean, I'm sure that we're going to get like Zosa stands out there like, fuck you guys. But oh, sure. sure. I mean, there was another singer that he, I think it's like Zosa or Zotra started it and then they hired a guy or got another singer who died, and then Zotra replaced him. That was the original singer who didn't actually record anything with them. Sosa was on the original album, and Sosa left, they got him to come back in, and he did some tours with them, but then he died before they could record anything with him again. So, shit. Yeah. At least that's my understanding. I might be slightly off. But, yeah. And, I mean, it's not like he's terrible. I mean, uh, there are... I mean... He's easier to listen to than some of the early Cannibal Corpse stuff. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. But I really like what the vocals on Six Feet Under better than the vocals on here. So Glenn Barnes come giveth and he taketh away. But this guy, which is hard to take some of it seriously. I mean, it, it would be like listening, like you said, like listening to Elmo fucking for sure release a Megadeth album. So That's exactly what it was. I also want to draw attention to the fact that both you and Tracy are adamant that his name is Glenn. <laughs> like every day it's both of you doing. I'm like his name is not Glenn Barnes. It's Glenn Barnes. It's his cousin, Glenn. It's only funny because you both do it every time. We're trying right. to we're trying to create the death metalist a death metal vocalist with Glenn like Ben and Chris we're Barnes. Trying to create, yeah, Glenn Ben. <laughs> you're trying to create an alternative timeline. Anyway, we're um, trying yeah. to, to make the super Danzig or something. The Frankenstein 
death metal singer. It's Chris Danzig. It's, it's Frankenstein's Chris monster Danzig. for sure. It's Frankenstein's monster for sure. <laughs> you know, I like Miss Dane's vocals. He's a weirdo too. And Tom Araya, honestly, if we take a step back, it's an acquired taste. This one was harder for me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It is vocals. It's better than Glenn Barnes' early albums, but uh, uh, it, are- it detracted for sure. And, and I agree with you. It suffers a bit from lack of variety, but that's also kind of an 80s stretch thing. So I think the vocals have been more bearable if they weren't as prominent in the mix. Because that's things, true. I, they sit right on top of everything, and you can hear his vocals over everything. the guitar, everything. And I think that the strong point of this is the drumming and Gary Holt and you know, yes. get to, as the musicians. And his vocals just detract from so much. And, and when Gary and, and, and or Tom come in, like I was like, oh, that sounds a little bit like Max Cavalera. And then it would go away. I'm like, damn it. Like, so the backing vocals on this are actually all right. I wish they were the vocals. Yeah. But, <laughs> I think if you but, put the vocals much further back in the mix, you wouldn't have been able to understand what the fuck he was saying. Probably not. Probably not, which you know what? It just slipped into death metal at that point. <laughs> and David's not arguing because he knows it's true. I mean, it's pretty true. <laughs> it has to be, you have to drop it about an octave, and you know, we need a, we need more Cookie Monster than Elmo. But what's this, what's interesting though is like you know the places on the record where they kind of try to reach out a little bit and branch out slightly in the kind of style that they're doing. Some of that is going in the death metal direction, but they don't really make it because they just don't have the chops at all. Like they don't have the songwriting chops for that. And also they don't have the style together really to do it. Um, so they are kind of reaching in that direction on, on more than one track. Here. Yeah, I agree. It's fast and heavy. I'll give it that. It is. Yeah. It's fast, heavy and political, which are usually things that I like. So, same. So we talk about songs. Yeah, vol. Let's do it. And I hit the button this time, guys. Yay. Hey. Tracy did it. Yay. Hey, raise for me. Jeffrey Bezos. Um, I guess I'll go first. I think this album falls off halfway through it. I think after... I thought you were going to say track one. After track one, this album <laughs> sharply... I was like, shit. Because <laughs> you hadn't talked about anything. You're like, this album just falls off. It opens. And... Okay, sorry. Go on. So I think, I think it starts like Persona Non Grata, REMF, Slipping Into Madness. REMF's okay, but Slipping Into Madness. Elitist, Prescribing Horror, and Davini's continue to morale and bruise. I think it's good, but after that, it really kind of just falls off a cliff, I think. Do you think it falls off a cliff or is it just more of the same? More of the same, falls off the cliff. I mean, what's, what's the difference? It's not well, a significant difference. difference. It does, I think it's a difference. It does, the back half doesn't stick out. I can see that. And I think Cosa del Pantano is, that's eh, all right, but doesn't do much. Uh, yeah, I thought it suffered more from sameness than a dramatic change in quality from beginning to end. You know, nearly all these songs are fun, they're fast, they're heavy. Uh, that thalidomide thing I was reading to you, Jesus, y'all. Um, you know, I get why people consider them sort of a classic, if not an iconic thrash band. So I was, I was happy to listen to it even if the vocals mess with me. But no, almost all these tracks are okay. That's kind of where I fall in them. I think that they are all um, competently played anyway for this genre. Uh, they all, none of them were 
super distracting. It really took me out of it. It was just kind of like, okay. Um, Persona on God, I think, is a good opener. Mm-hmm. Slipping into Madness, Describing Horror, Clickbait. You know, it's just, uh, there's not a whole lot. These are all decent, but nothing that really rises to spectacular as far as individual tracks go. Yeah, I think so. I think as far as tracks that stood out for me, uh, I liked R.E.M.F. I liked uh, The Beings Will Continue. Um, and I liked Lunatic Liar Lord. I liked tracks other than that, but I thought those were the best. Um, and I mean, some of the songs that have really terrible politics, I even thought were pretty catchy. Um, but I, like I said before, I don't think the death metal experiments work. And I also don't really know what the ex- instrumental is doing there. Um, so. Yeah, not not a whole lot of standout tracks, I would say. I do want to say I think "Prescribing Horror" is the uh, Sawyer song on the album. That, like, I think that song doesn't happen without Gary Hill's time in Sawyer. Yeah, I don't know enough of their back catalog to know, but you know, it's it's certainly Slayer adjacent. It sounds very Slayery. Well, good. <laughs> Great. It's Bay Area Thrash, so yeah, for sure. All right, gentlemen, let's 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 put some grades on it. Yeah. David. Hey, would you I know, and I'm pondering. Um, I'll give it a B minus, because the because Gary Holt's so good, and the drumming is so good. Especially now, the dude doesn't even have a stomach; it's just an esophagus and an intestine. Yeah, and it's, it's been ripped out of him, and he's still playing. Uh, you know, politics occasionally questionable. That was true a lot of the some of the '80s thrash as well. Um, but the but the playing is so fucking good that even though their singers are Muppet, I'm going to give them a B minus. Yeah, Pansy, um, I'm giving the C seventy-five. Shit, really? Uh, mm-hmm. well, I love I mean, a lot. <laughs> a few stand-up tracks, and I mean, it's yeah, you're right. Fine, fine. I'm still going up to the B minus because I love thrash <laughs> so, so much. <laughs> well, I don't think that there are any standout tracks, but I think it's a solid album, so I'm going to go with a B minus as well. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a like 79.5 because um, it's sort of like a B minus trending towards C plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it necessarily gets a whole lot better the more I listen to it, but I mean, uh, it's certainly um, it's certainly competent. Like it's totally serviceable. It's not, you know, it's not very offensive. I swear to God, I thought you were going to say, you're just like, I'm going to give it A. I was like, wait, what? I was yeah, like, I was like, I was like oh, oh, shit, Gabe. Like, really? This album is an A. It's, it's a legendary album. I was like, that's not how you were talking a second ago. Just yeah, when you think you have Gabe's grading figured out, he nope. goes, hey, it's up. a giant fake out. Uh, I guess we all thought that we were like, what? I'm going to give it A. Not an A. A C. A C. C plus. <laughs> Well, damn. I guess we don't have a game figure out. What do we have coming up next, Tracy? Hey, we have a, an album coming up that I'm pretty sure is going to be very... Oh, wait. The Thunderdome average for this album was an 80. Right at a B-. And the next album... album oh, well, we forget about it. Yeah. We're not professionals here. We're just doing this for fun. Yeah, we've only been doing it for three years. I know. Um... But our next album, I'm pretty sure, will be just as divisive and grating as this one was, as we look at Slipknot's fifth album, The Great Chapter. 
sexy, sexy skeleton. That's another. That is another cover I've never <laughs> seen this large. <laughs> what the? Okay. I mean, I've seen it little on my phone. Okay. Hey, David. Wow. I have a new fetish. <laughs> I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's where this takes me. Especially knowing what I know about Slipknot, this takes me into uh, maybe I should go somewhere else. Place. Also, there's like a tiny face in the bot. I don't know. There's a lot happening there. There's a lot. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Thunder Metal Reviews. Yep. Find out what a lot is going on next time.